when we're looking at our website on a regular basis to see where are people coming in, where are they coming from, where are they spending the most time, what content is resonating with them. So it's data from all over the place, but we try to centralize it in one place so that we can get the most out of it. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey, leaders, welcome back. I'm Noah Tetzner, and I'm joined today by the Chief Marketing Officer at Case, a leading alternative investment platform for financial advisors. Case provides financial advisors with a broad selection of alternative investment strategies, including hedge funds, private equity, real estate, and more, allowing financial advisors to capitalize on opportunities and withstand ever-changing markets. Today, I'm joined by Abby Salome. Abby, welcome to Leaders of B2B. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm honored and appreciate you having me on board. Well, it's such a treat to have you on the show, Abby. There's so much that I want to dive into uh, with you today. You're certainly a, a treasure trove of expertise, but let's just talk about case for a moment. Let's set the stage for listeners. I gave a brief introduction to the company, but I'd love to hear um, you describe the company. So, you know, just Introducing listeners to Case, what is Case? What do you specialize in? Yeah, so that's a great question. Case was designed with the mission to democratize alternative investments. And what does that mean? What it means is alternative investments that have often been asset classes reserved for either the very, very high net worth or for institutional investors like pension funds, endowments, things like that. So these alternative investments have really always been traditionally used by those types of firms because financial advisors did not have access to them. Either the minimums were too high or the fees were too large and or they didn't know enough about the assets to make an educated decision around whether or not to use them for their client's portfolio. So a decade ago, Case went on a mission to build out a marketplace that would bring in those asset managers on one side and bring in independent financial advisors on the other side to be able to engage and transact in a seamless way. So essentially, that's what we do. Fascinating. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that vision. And and tell us, you know, just again to give listeners more context and background. You know, you're quite the accomplished marketing professional, Abby. But tell us about your journey to Case. How did you first engage with the company? Yeah. So that's a great. It's a great story, actually. I had left my job at a firm called Hightower Advisors about almost eighteen months ago. At this point, in the middle of COVID. Uh, I have three teenagers. They were all homeschooling, sleeping in bed instead of attending classes. (laughs) And I was 
on Zooms for 18 hours a day and working all the time and realized that I just needed to reprioritize. So I thought I was done and I thought I was retiring I, and, you know, thought I had a great run and it was a good life and career. And now I'm going to go hang out with my kids. The reality of that was that my kids didn't want to hang out with me. A few months later, they're back in school again. And then I'm sitting there asking myself, what am I, what do I really want to be doing? I feel like I still have so much to give back to the wealth management space. So started thinking about what I would want to do and what mission I could get behind and happened upon case, totally unplanned, didn't know them very well, um, and reached out to the CEO via LinkedIn. I didn't know him. And I said, I noticed you don't have a chief marketing officer. And the next day I got a phone call and we started that dialogue. And two weeks later, I came on board as the chief marketing officer and now head of Case IQ, which is our alternative um, investment education platform. Oh, that's such a great story. And and I just want to unpack that a little more. So I guess what in this, who knows how you know long ago this, this dates back, but I mean, when did you first enter kind of the wealth management financial services space? And, and, you know, what is the drive behind that for you? What is it that you like about that that really gets you passionate and excited? So what I always think of when I think about things that I'm doing in wealth management space is how can we ultimately deliver financial security to the end client? So everything I've done in my career, even though it's been in support of what we call an intermediary market, which is a financial advisor, everything I've done has always been supporting financial advisors, but always keeping in mind that the end result is really to deliver better solutions so that people can live out their financial dreams, whether that means saving millions of dollars, sending their kids to college, living on a beach somewhere in flip-flops the rest of your life, or you know, traveling around the world. Everybody has a different view of what financial success means to them. And just being able to make sure that I was playing a role in helping people achieve whatever that goal is, was always my North Star. So coming into this business, you know, I originally started at a firm in institutional sales and quickly went over and launched a newspaper for financial advisors called Investment News and then left to go start up the marketing and support for TD Waterhouse Securities at the time um, and then TD Ameritrade. I've always just been in this world of intersection between kind of wealth management and technology, if you will, while always driving support for the financial advisor to make their lives easier, to give them better access to better products and solutions so that they could serve their clients better. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And and I think it's really remarkable, Abby, that you, I mean, you, you've accomplished so much as a woman in a male dominated industry. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some, some interesting like thoughts from you on what that you know, process has been like throughout your your history in the industry. It's so funny. And it's especially funny because today is International Women's Day. So I support and give a shout out to all the the ladies uh, out there who are 
working the work and doing the grind and being the wife, the sister, the mother, the the friend and and the employee or C-level executive, um, it's not an easy task. And when I meet young women and they're first starting out and they say, oh my God, how do you do it all? Um, the answer is it's controlled chaos at all times, right? So you have to let go of being a control freak and understand that you can only do what you can do. And not everybody's wired the same way, right? So I will say that some of the stories I have are, you know, hilarious now that I think back on it and things that would never fly today. For example, I remember being on a trading desk and had gone to the ladies room and accidentally tucked my skirt into my stockings and being the only woman on the floor of the trading desk. And nobody told me for like hours that my skirt was tucked into my stockings. So things like that, that we take for granted that the women today that I work with and that I hire would never imagine any kind of environment that would allow for those things. You know, having lived through it all, it's really, it's exciting to see the progress that's been made. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, no, that's, that's, that's fascinating, Abby. And, and, you know, I think like the financial services space, but also, you know, the tech space as well. Um, I'm curious to dive into kind of that intersection, which, you know, your career has really, you know, been kind of grounded in that intersection between, you know, wealth management and, um, and tech. But I love that story of how you came to engage with Case. Obviously, you're the chief marketing officer at the company. I would love to, you know, learn more about your role. It's certainly a unique space. Again, wealth management and tech. You know, as chief marketing officer, what are some of the things that are on your mind continuing to be innovative and, you know, driving progress at Case? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot on my mind, you know, everything from raising brand awareness and executing automated digital campaigns, and then also thinking about engagement within our platform. So when you think about the intersection between wealth management and technology, what it really comes down to from a marketing perspective is this ability to take machine learning and personalize experiences to deliver the experience that is right for the customer that's coming in the door. So we will learn and we will know from behaviors if one of our users prefers to learn a different way or digest information in a certain way and to be able to understand that and serve it up in the way that's meaningful for that particular user is really cool. You know, like you couldn't do that in the past. Like I think back even 10, 15 years ago, you know, we would create audience segmented campaigns but they were not automated. So you would have lists of people that you knew were interested in retirement plans. You had the list of people that you thought would be interested in mutual funds, and you would upload those Excel spreadsheets into some form or fashion and then send email blasts. Today, we can do that all within the platform. We can understand the behaviors of somebody, what products they're looking at, what asset classes they might be interested in, where they are in their life cycle of just being a financial advisor to be able to serve up information 
and content that's relevant for them. Yeah. And and what have you found, you know, are some of the ways that you've been able to effectively, you know, and are continuing to create brand awareness and engage with financial advisors? I mean, you know, for, for you, is that, you know, creating content? Is that very targeted ads? Is it a, a combination of multiple facets? It's all of the above, right? So digital ads, media relations, consistent thought leadership, content is king in any form or fashion. So constantly thinking about the con- the content train, how do we get enough content? What does that content look like? We have multiple content meetings a week um, internally, and then publishing that content in different mediums. So taking a webinar and breaking it up into pieces to then socially share and taking the content from the webinar and creating an article or a blog post that then gets shared, putting it in a newsletter that gets sent out weekly. So, you know, and then tracking all the leads and and tracking the activity and the behaviors from all of those so we can pivot and see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any unique challenges um, with regard to to this space that that you're in, you know, wealth management and tech that perhaps you at Case and other companies within this space run into from a marketing perspective? I think the biggest challenge is figuring out how to harness the power of the data. So if you think about all the data that we collect from all of our different systems, whether they're marketing systems, operation systems, our product systems, our core platform, we collect all of this data and we put it in a warehouse. And then you say, okay, now what do we do with this data, right? So for any marketer who knows that content is king, but data is queen, because when you have that data, you need to figure out how to analyze it and how to act upon it, how to turn it into a useful tool in your tool belt to create new strategies or campaigns based on the learnings from the data that you're seeing. So I would think that, and I know how hard it is to do that. You know, we've gone from, I mean, our data team grew just in the last year from like, you know, four people to double digit people because it's so important to just understand how to integrate the data into your day-to-day life and existence. So everything from driving sales and driving revenue to creating campaigns to um, following up with people, it's just on what they what what's important to them. So really looking at that data is king. Yeah. And and when we talk about data, I just want to clarify for, you know, some of our, our executives tuning in from other, you know, tech companies. When we talk about data, you know, is this data that is already within cases ecosystem, you know, as opposed to targeting, you know, potential leads and, and so forth customers outside the realm of those who've already engaged with case. So when I was just talking about the data, that data would be in our ecosystem already. But then we also look at data from outside the ecosystem. So if we're doing a LinkedIn campaign, we're going to pay attention to the data around 
the tracking of that campaign, when we're looking at our website on a regular basis to see where are people coming in, where are they coming from, where are they spending the most time, what content is resonating with them. So it's data from all over the place, but we try to centralize it in one place so that we can get the most out of it. And that's a big project. I mean, that's a big project to do that. Yeah, I will. And, you know, in terms of like analyzing the data, and I know you have whole teams around this, you know, in that capacity, but, you know, um, when I guess when you joined Case, I'm curious, Abby, how did you, you'd been in the space for a long time, but how did you, you know, educate yourself as to like, this is, you know, our people throw around the word avatar, ideal client persona. How did you like download and educate yourself on that information? So, well, I, I kind of knew who our, you know, who our audience was based on what the mission of the firm was when they launched the business. So I didn't really have that level of a learning curve coming in and I could properly reflect the voice and the brain power of the independent advisor channel because I've just worked with them for so many years. I think my learning curve was more on the alternative investment side because I've always been in the wealth management industry, but never on the product side. And when I say product, I mean asset management side. So getting that perspective was something that was really interesting to me and new to me. So having to scale up my own knowledge on alternative investments was where I think I had a challenge. And fortunately for me, we have this, what's called Case IQ, which is an AI-powered education platform on alternative investments that we make available to all of the users of our platform. And we have courses on every single alternative investment out there that you can imagine. So taking these courses, which are also really personalized. So the system learns like what time of the day are you best at learning? Do you like to listen versus read versus watch a video? And, you know, really serves up that type of education in the way that it learns that you like to receive it. So taking all of our own courses was really a great experience for me to kind of get myself up to speed. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And, you know, we're here at Content Allies, obviously, we're passionate about, you know, adding value to consumers through content. So I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, more your thoughts, Abby, on like your content strategy. I love that concept of, you know, education and such a, a personalized, customized approach. But, um, you know, what have you found works really well in this space when it comes to content? You know, what what should other marketers tuning in keep in mind when they they do this thing, this content? content marketing? Oh, that's a hard question, right? Because it's always the hardest thing to come up with are those content ideas. So like I said, we have what we call a content committee in-house. It's a cross-functional group of people led by the marketing team, led by one of my content specialists. And on a regular basis, once or twice a week, we meet and we say, okay, Here's the content strategy this week. Does this still make sense? What's going on in the Ukraine? What's going on in Russia? What's happening with gas prices? Do we still want to talk about this? Or should we pivot and talk about something more timely and topical? And if yes, 
let's get our investment strategist involved to start crafting a blog post on the geopolitical issues and what's driving the markets right now because of those. So um, so we always try to have a calendar, and we do. We have a calendar. Um, we have regularly scheduled things on the calendar that we just know we're going to be doing. And then we continue to add to that on a weekly basis based on what's going on around the universe that we live in. Yeah, and, and you meet on a, a weekly cadence, you know, so that you can, you know, remain agile in this ever changing world as opposed to, and I know certainly there'll always be certain things in your marketing pipeline that you, you promote and send out there to folks, but I, you know, that that's interesting. So you really do remain agile and flexible and certainly that's been a fact. We are really, we are an agile organization for sure. You know, um, we have our North star, we do our annual planning, we do our quarterly planning, but on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, we can easily pivot, and we have to because of the space that we're in. So fortunately, our technology is flexible, our people are flexible, and we're all rowing in the same direction. So even though sometimes it's hard to make those pivots and those changes, we're pretty nimble about it, and that's probably because we're still a small organization. It's much harder to do that once you're in a really large organization. Yeah. Yeah. No, most definitely. Well, you know, Abby, it was great hearing about case, everything that's going on there today in this fast changing environment. And I loved hearing about your background as well, but, you know, tell us about some of your thoughts on the future. You know, what do you look forward to in your role as, you know, chief marketing officer at case, what are your thoughts on the future with regard to marketing strategy, you know, different things, new content to create? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really amazing to see the transformation that has, you know, occurred just in the last decade with with regard to marketing and the impact that social media has had in such a really short period of time. And I would anticipate that hyper-personalization will continue to drive marketing strategies going forward as more companies and commercial brands, you know, the commercial brands, the retail brands have done a really good job at hyper-personalization. Financial services is a little slower to adopt it. And I think that's probably because of the compliance and regulatory environment that we live in. But I think we're going to see a lot more hyper-personalization in our industry, continuing to create the bespoke experiences for clients, for financial advisors, for asset managers, so that they can really target in on engaging with their audiences in the way that is most meaningful to the audience. And I think it'll be done through technology that might not even exist today. But again, content will always be so important because you have to have a message that you're delivering and you need to have that message in multiple mediums and in multiple places. And you want to be where your target audience is going for their information, right? So whether that's podcasts, YouTube channels, TV channels, streaming channels, web channels, you know, 
you name it, I think that, you know, it's going to continue to evolve. Yeah. And, and, you know, you really can't, you know, a marketing executive really can't begin to employ those hyper-personalization strategies unless they have access to and an understanding of good data. 100%. Bringing it all back home, right? Absolutely. You need the data to do hyper-personalization and you need the technology that empowers all of that. Yeah. Well, Abby Salome, it's been such a treat having you on on Leaders of B2B. Certainly we'll include links to, you know, your LinkedIn and Case in the description of this episode. But people interested in your work, they want to learn more. Uh, what's the best place for us to direct them to? Yeah. I mean, obviously my LinkedIn account is always a great place to go. You can also reach out to me at the case, on the Case website. I'm happy to have a conversation. I'm always open to brainstorming and dialogue and certainly to mentoring and spearheading the evolution of women in financial services. Um, we've come so far. Let's go even further. I love that. Well, Abby Salome, thanks again for coming on to Leaders of B2B. Thank you so much. Great seeing you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.